Hey y'all, welcome to the <coughs> woo, the uh, latest episode of Where All the Ladies at Myth Edition. And as always, I am your host, Kim. And as always, I am stumbling over my words because, well, that's what I do. And uh, that might be because I'm super excited and it might just be because I like to stumble over my words. I'm just that person, you know? For someone who's a writer, sometimes finding the words that the right words are so difficult. Maybe it's like the process of getting it out of my mind and through my mouth. If I can get it just onto paper, I'm all good, but like connecting the brain with the mouth, not always great. Anyways, little tirade. We are here discussing the women of the Odyssey another week, and this week it's more like women and not woman. So this week we're looking at the sirens. They are one of the most pivotal aspects and probably maybe one of the most uh, well-known of the women in the story because they're just mythological creatures that have been, or women, let's, let's not instigate them into creatures. They're mythological beings, maybe that's the right word I should use, that are found in a, a couple different stories. So the sirens, of course, are those mysterious and seductive uh, ladies that sit on the rocks and like <clears throat> have these wonderful voices that float to sailors and have them come towards their dooms where they crash and die. Doesn't sound like a good time, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> we're going to really look at them. And as always, we're going to look at where they lived, a little about who they are, talk about a story and do some takeaways. Uh, but before we do that, it's routine. I have to do it. If you like what you hear and you'd like to hear more or maybe just hear better quality, you can always support the podcast through the links to a couple different spots in the description box as well as the links that I put any of the books or anything are going to be Amazon links so that can help. But above all else, although that is very nice and I would appreciate it very much, the most important thing right now at the very beginning is to like, review, and share because I want to build a community where there's many more of us having a conversation about these interesting women, both in myth and in history. And that can't be done if people don't find me on the on the intrawebs, interwebs. I don't know in the online world. So please, if you like what you hear, review, share, like all that good stuff and uh let's let's see how many people we can build uh, this community to i can't wait i think that's all the housekeeping for now of course we'll talk about it at the end of the podcast as well so uh speaking of which oh not it if you want to also communicate there's social media and, and email links in the description box below now we're done let's jump into it so let's start with where these ladies live like they just hang out on rocks and like just beckon sailors to their death I mean, I feel like that's their nine to five. They've got to go someplace to sleep, right? I would imagine we all need it. Even even mythical beings need it. The truth is they are actually often associated with the small rocky islands that surround, like they're surrounded by treacherous waters. A lot of times people identify these with the Serenum, Ser, Ser, Serenum Scopoli, which are some islands located off the coast of Italy around the Strait of Messina. And... Of course, there are multiple islands. The most well-known island of these is Antimoisa. Antimoisa, I think that's right. It's kind of like this island that's very beautiful. It's got lots of greenery and really captivating landscapes. 
And the sirens are believed to actually inhabit this idyllic island. They sit on the rocks, cliffs that overlook the sea, and use their voices, which are carried across the waves by the wind, to bring sailors into their shores. The, though this location uh, is associated with sirens in Greek mythology, there's really no evidence to suggest that they are such islands at all, that they ever exist in reality, just like every other island we've talked about in this, ep- this series, right? It's very, the sirens are rooted in imaginative storytelling, especially from the ancient Greeks. These kind of tales were really looked at as allegories and cautionary tales to explain mysteries of the natural world, just like every other mythology, mythological tale, right? In reality, it was more about the treacherous waters around rocky outcrops that could have inspired the myth. You know, sailors, when they were out on these waters, really faced a lot of dangers, especially navigating through areas like the ones that the sirens lived at or said they were lived at. And so it was really just tales to kind of keep sailors on their toes to keep in mind they need to stay away from those craggy, crappy rock outlets, you know? But even if the sirens weren't real and the place where they live wasn't real, it's still, places like them still exist. So it's kind of one of those things where it's just like with everything else we've talked about. These islands probably, and these environments were probably things that these storytellers and bards and everything had experienced or heard of. And so they, there is always a root that is based in the real life, but the stories themselves are embellished, you know, as sailors do. I don't know if you've never known a sailor, but let me just tell you, even in today's modern navies, they still are some of the most, I don't know, exaggerative stories you've ever heard. Like, really, my dad was in the Navy and some of the stories, I'm sure they were real, but like, I'm sure they were real embellished too. It's like that fish story, you know, like they caught a six inch fish, but they tell you it's a 12 inch fish. It's kind of the same thing. I think sailors like this have been like that forever. From the beginning of the time when we set out on the ocean, sailors always like to create a good story. Now we kind of have an idea of the islands that they lived on and what they all meant. We can really dive into the actual story of these very beguiling creatures. And, you know, the the story of them really, I know people think about them because of Odysseus, and we're talking about them because of the story of Odysseus, but the truth is that they were really born way before that, right? So they are supposedly born from the union of the river god Achelos and the muse Melpomene. And this story is amazing. So let's get jumped into it, right? So the sirens are often depicted as women with enchanting voices. And they really came, as I said, from emerging of the river and the muse. And their their voices are infused with like this poetic and musical prowess that they inherited from their mother, who was a muse. And that is the weapon that they have. I, I, I like this, I like this symbology because I think it's important. I'm just gonna take a break from the sirens if I were to really discuss this. I think that that's something that people should, re- women in particular, should really look at. The power of these women were not in how they looked, but their voice. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an amazing message that a lot of these young girls should really know? That it's not about what you look, it's about the voice that you have and how you use it. Now, 
I'm not saying everybody should go out there and lure men into craggy rocks and drown them. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it is a great symbol for women to understand the power of their voice. That's 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 the message I want to say. Okay, back to the regularly scheduled programming. Uh, <laughs> they they be use this weapon as a natural alluring quality. They really it's that so water and music, right? So water flows so smoothly and it can be so hectic and it can say be so beautiful and it can change in a instant. And that is what this being was about right so they were beautiful melodious and then aggressive and savage almost in some ways right <clears throat> depending on the story that you read right so this is they encompass once again it's that duality right it's uh, you know i feel like this this web podcast should just be called duality you know because <laughs> that's really what it's about it's the 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 beauty and the care and the nurturing of the water with the vicious and intent it's this real like combination of things so they were of course as i said endowed with those bewitching voices and they lived on these rocky islands where there was a lot of perilous water around them and their purpose in life was to lure those unsuspecting uh, sailors with their songs and uh create shipwrecks and oftentimes death uh, in this role if you really look at it, the, the sirens symbolize the irresistible allure of desires and the dangers that lie in the pursuit of those ephemeral pleasures, right? It's like, it's the the true antithesis of like, look but don't touch kind of idea. Like, but fortunately, these guys are so allured by the magic of these women's voices that they can't help but reach out and touch. And then it just bites them in their ass, which is, you know, I mean, you know, no judgment. You do you. One of, obviously, the most renowned episodes with the Sirens is found in the Odyssey, and this is when Odysseus and his crew navigate the treacherous waters near the Sirens' home, and he devises this plan to resist the enchanting songs, right? He orders the sailors to plug their ears with beeswax while he is tied to the mast of the ship. This is so he can, of course, like, give them guidance on where to go, right? This exemplifies, like, the fact that the Sirens are a metaphor, right, for the seductive yet perilous nature of temptation. And he triumphs over him, obviously, and it shows that the humans have strength and can resist their own destructive forces. It's very allegorical and very, very well written. I, I love the Odyssey. It's one of my favorite things ever. Uh, when you look at the sirens and you really pull back the mythological aspect and you're looking at the psychological perspective of what the sirens symbology, it kind of represents this really complex idea around desire and longing and struggle for self-control and all of us humans have that their songs are like a it's it's meant to kind of signify the allure of the unknown the pull of those things that we want but don't know like can't see it's it's all about really confronting your deepest vulnerabilities it's it the myth itself when you look at it is really like this idea that really prompts you to reflect on your internal conflicts that you face uh, when navigating like the turbulencies of life. There's a lot of always temptations there and there, and sometimes it can draw you off your course, and that can lead to devastation and you not reaching where you want to go. And so psychologically, that's kind of where the the sirens stand, right? When it comes to the fate of the sirens, it kind of really, you know, do they die? Do they transform? What's the deal? It, it really depends on the version of the myth you're reading. Some myths suggest that they live on eternally, 
while others kind of talk about an end. In some tales, it's actually the muses who challenge and defeat the sirens, which like in a singing contest, which I think is interesting because they do come from the muses. So it's almost like like a whole full cycle kind of thing there too. There's definitely some symbology there. The element when this comes in, it really like in the symbology really is about like an eternal struggle between the allure of temptation and the enduring power of artistic inspiration. So here it's taking it more from a creative aspect and saying, you know, it might be good to go off and try this, but you need to stick to your true inspiration. And the muses the fact the muses prevail over these it really shows that it's kind of like art is this transcendent form it's going to always win out over temptation and destruction um the sirens are kind of this really unique symbolic embodiment of women in that they are like solely about luring and using their feminine wiles through their voice to you know draw people in and it's like a perpetual quest for self-mastery when you're facing these perilous enticements right and on top of that once again i just want to say like uh, the stuff i'm talking about really seems like these women are like evil and i don't necessarily think that's the case what i think is that it's kind of once again this look at what using women as a as a metaphor for nature the nature of man and of the things that i i think the most about when I think about the sirens, and, and I go back to the beginning of this conversation, is that for me, the sirens are not necessarily evil. They are could be looked at as a wonderful image for women if looked at in the right way, right? So the fact that they don't use their body like some of the other characters in mythology to get what they want, they simply use their voice and their art. And I think that speaks a lot for power of a woman's voice and creativity. And maybe that's because I like to always think on the bright side and there's definitely dark aspects to the story. As in all mythologies I've said before is that there's darkness in every story. And that's kind of the thing that I really enjoy about these stories. I don't know if I've said this here, but one of the reasons I love mythology so much is because there is this duality. There is this like good and evil. And there is this like, but sometimes within the same person. It's like this creature can be evil and you can feel for them all in the same breath. It's really, mythology is a true look at the human condition. There is good and there is bad in everything and sometimes we don't necessarily always see that. And I'm not saying there aren't true evil things because there are, there are some people out there that are truly evil and do horrible things. But in general, humanity is a not black and white thing. There is good and bad, you know? All I'm saying is that life is kind of not black and white. And I think that's something that the mythological tales really really show us even even some of the heroes sometimes do horrible things for the right reason and does that make them right no but it it makes it human is really kind of what i'm saying and with that being said we're talking about stories so much why don't we jump into story time i think i really want to create like a little like i don't know like a little jingle that like transfers us into story time but i'll work on that maybe uh maybe with some of your guys's support that could happen Anyways, let's uh, get down to story time. Are you ready? Are you cozy? Do you have your cup, cup of hot cocoa? Are you curled up into the blanket? Awesome. Let's get started. In the azure waters of the Aegean, where the sun bathes the waves in golden hues, 
there dwelled three sisters, born of the union between the river god Achilles and the muse Melpomene. Their names were Thilexpia, Mope, and Agalope, and their voices were a gift from the gods, a melody that echoed the divine arts. Thilexpia, the eldest, possessed a voice that could stir the deepest emotions of the heart. Her sisters' harmonies danced around hers like playful nymphs, creating a symphony that could enchant even the coldest of souls. Yet amidst their harmonious existence, Lelexpia harbored a longing, a yearning for a connection with the mortal world. One fateful day, as the sisters perched upon the cliffs of Anthemosis, Lelexpia saw a lone ship sailing across the azure expanse. The winds whispered tales of a mortal named Aeneas, a hero destined for greatness. Intrigued, Lelexpia felt a pull, an irresistible urge to weave her voice into the tapestry of his fate. As the ship drew near, the sirens' ethereal melodies escaped and cascaded through the air, wrapping around the vessel like a silken veil. Lexpia's voice, a lament that spoke of unfulfilled desires and the ache of longing, reached Aeneas's ears. Captivated by the daunting beauty, he commanded his sailors to steer closer, unable to resist the siren's call. Yet as the ship approached, Lexpia felt a twinge of guilt, a recognition of the danger her desire posed. In a moment of clarity, she ceased her song, her sisters following suit. The sea, once a turbulent dance of waves, now lay still, mirroring the conflict within Thalexpia's heart. Aeneas, shaken from his enchantment, gazed at the sirens with gratitude and respect. Touched by the vulnerability of Thalexpia's song, he sailed on, leaving the sirens to contemplate the consequences of their melodies. Thalexpia, humbled by the experience, embraced the realization that the power of her voice was a double-edged sword. The sirens, united by a newfound understanding, continued to sing their haunting songs, not only as enchantresses, but also as guardians of the fragile balance between desire and responsibility. And so, the tale of Thalexpia and her sisters became a legend among the gods, a story whispered through the winds a cautionary melody that echoed in the hearts of those who dared to navigate the alluring seas of life. It's kind of beautiful, right? And once again, this is one of those situations where the story really shows the human quality of these mythical beings. They are gifted with these powers through their birth and they use them, but then they have a longing, or at least one of them has a longing to be be loved to have connection and even though she wants that she knows that it's dangerous for the person that she's beckoning in and so she stops and she has a moment of like sympathy and that's beautiful this story is honestly like one of my favorites that i've read and it's just so sweet you know and that's uh, that's the story time for this week, guys. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you've heard this uh, legend before. And uh, t- honestly, tell me what you guys think about the sirens. What's your honest opinion? Do you think they're bad, good, in between? Do you think that maybe I'm romanticizing them a little bit? You know, I, I I'm sure I am. I'm I'm a writer, so I tend to do that a lot. But yeah, yeah. Reach out to me. Let me know. And now it's time for those fantastic five facts. Woo! All right. Once again, I think I really want to dive deep and get some like little like musical intros to these sections. I think it could be fun. Let's see what happens. So the very first one is we want to talk about what they look like. So there are a lot of artistic depictions of these individuals, right? And but in ancient Greek, 
mythology, they're described often as women who have feathers. They sometimes have wings or feathers, and it's almost like they have like a bird-like aspect to these to these women. And that could be like the whole songbird kind of idea. Uh, this detail really adds a different layer to their image and kind of gives them this more otherworldly attitude. Also, as we just talked, they were mesmerizing singers. They were also good at playing instruments too. Uh, in some versions of myths, the sirens are also known to play like uh, instruments to go along and that really enhanced their uh, songs. So like they're just like a, they're like a chick band, you know? They're up there just rocking out, drawing men to their death. You know, it's what they do. Uh, <laughs> it resonated like, the thing is though, it can resonate across the air, but if it doesn't reach the, the person's heart, it's never going to do anything and that's where the true power in their magic came, is that it, yeah, it resonated across the air, but it really got down to the souls of these like sailors and really drew them in. They are a lovely mixed heritage. So right, they are water and artistry. So as I said, they came from the river, a river god and a muse. And it's like these two distinct realms. And it's kind of interesting because water, right, that's natural world and arts is like culture and creative aspects. And oftentimes a lot of water, there's a lot of water symbology when it comes to creativity. Even when you're thinking about like tarot decks, the, cu the cups, which is like water, is associated with the water element. And oftentimes it's like creativity and intuition and, and tune with your emotions kind of idea. So it's like a perfect symbology. They are also, there are some myths that suggest that they had the ability to shape shift. So you, I think when a lot of people think of sirens, they think of this really gorgeous woman standing on a rock and singing. And that was part of the allure, right? So not only the music, but hey, these sailors have been on the ocean for a while, right? And they look out and they see this really like, gorgeous lady sitting on a rock singing to them like you know it's they're gonna be a little intrigued because you know they haven't had company in a while and I say company with air quotes because you can't see me but you know what I'm talking about you you guys you guys know getting down 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 they hadn't gotten down in a while and so there's this beautiful woman standing on a rock like becking them of course they're gonna steer their ship towards there like I mean they're guys right so let's just be real <laughs> but not only could they transform into beautiful maidens, but it's also said that they could transform into sea creatures, which is how it allowed them to like navigate the waters a little bit better and be relatively uncaught, right? Also, there are some lesser known myths that talk about the muse competition I talked about earlier, right? This is like a singing competition. And so muses came down and they said, hey, this is like a this is like a like a pitch perfect moment. It's like, hey, you, me, let's do this. And uh, of course, I mean the muses are goddesses, right? So the outcome uh, though varies depending on which which myth you read. Some have them like winning, some have them losing. Either way it goes, it kind of creates this very interesting like dichotomy between the the musical prowess of a divine entity like a goddess and that of one that comes from the goddess. It's it's a very interesting story. Uh, maybe that's the one I should have told, but I think uh, I'll, instead I'll just link uh, in the bio to some other mythology that maybe might have some of those stories in there for you to check out. And those are the fantastic five facts. I think the sirens, I, I'm hard pressed to say they get a bum rap because they do lure people into their death and that's never a good thing. But I also think like they're also so much more. There's so much more to the siren. It's They're really amazing. You know, I'm really enjoying digging into the women of the Odyssey and we still have another couple weeks 
and I'm working on the next series, which is amazing. Like, I'm just so stoked to be talking to you guys about mythology. I love this shit so much. And I really, really, really love the fact that you guys are listening and love it as much as I do. That is amazing. And if you do love it as much as I do and you do appreciate what I'm doing, I would greatly, greatly love your support. You can do that by looking in the description box and clicking on either the link to buy me a coffee or Patreon. Uh, or just simply clicking on any links of the stuff that I leave you in resources. Those are Amazon links and will give me a little boost to ca cash inflow to maybe up the level of some things. And as always, there's always the review, rate, like, share, tell your mama about it, whatever you want to do. Because the more people that listen, the more listens I get, the more the algorithm picks me up, the more it gets pushed to other people's pages. And the easier it is for people to find this and that is awesome. If you liked anything or had any questions or just wanted to chat, you can also reach out to me on my socials as well as my email. They are in the description box below. And that is it, guys. That's it for Sirens. I hope you enjoyed, and I will see you all next week. Bye!